A warm welcome to all of you who've come once again to listen to readings and music, and on this occasion um, for Epiphany Time. Dear Lord, as we contemplate the birth of Jesus and God's manifestation to all people, help us to recapture the joy and meaning of Christ's incarnation and to continue to reflect upon this during the coming year. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you've come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sears of fine flour, knead it, and bake some bread. And then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There, in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son.
That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared.
In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a, dependent, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God.
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them.
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
Three kings from Persian lands afar To Jordan follow the pointing stars And this the quest of the travelers three Just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn, we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with, with vine leaves over the lintel. Six hands at an open door, 
dicing for pieces of silver and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and so we continued and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember, and I would do it again, but set down this, set down this. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence, and no doubt I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death.
When the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son.
there was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people in need, and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as real as his next door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius? Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things. Then he said, what do you want, sir? The angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one everyone calls Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two servants and one particularly devout soldier from the guard. He went over with them in great detail everything that had just happened and then sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as the three travelers were approaching the town, Peter went up to the roof to pray about noon. Peter was hungry and started thinking about lunch. While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up, something that looked like a huge blanket lured by ropes at its four corners settled on the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you can think of was on it. Then a voice came, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, oh no, Lord, I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. The voice said to him again a second time, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times and then the blanket was pulled back up into the skies. And as Peter puzzled, sat there, trying to understand what it meant. The men sent by Cornelius arrived at Simon's door. Peter went down and said to them, I think I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man, well, well known for his fair play, was commanded by a holy angel to bring you to his house so he could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in and made them feel at home. And the next morning he got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. And a day later they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. Talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelian introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm not sure that this is highly irregular. 
Jews just don't do this, visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the moment I was sent for, I came with no questions asked. But I'd like to know why you sent for me. Cornelius said, four days ago at about this time, mid-afternoon, I was at home praying. Suddenly there was a man right in front of me, flooding the room with light. He said, Cornelius, your daily prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. I want you to send to Joppa to get Simon, the one they call Peter. So I did it. I sent for you. And you've been good enough to come. And now we're all here in God's presence, ready to listen to whatever the Master puts in your heart to tell us. Peter exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God has no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or why, where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. You know the message he sent to the children of Israel, that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. You know the story of what happened in Judea. Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went through the country helping people, healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all this because God was with him. And we saw it. Saw it all. Everything he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem where they killed him, hung him from a cross. But in three days, God raised him up and showed him openly. Not everyone saw him. He wasn't put on public display. Witnesses had carefully been handpicked by God beforehand. We were the ones there to eat and drink with him after he came back from the dead. He commissioned us to announce this in public, to bear solemn witness that he, in fact, is the one whom God destined to be judge of the living and the dead. But we're not alone in this. Our witness that he is means to, be, to the forgiveness of sins is backed up by the witness of all the prophets. No sooner were all these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. The believing Jews who had come with Peter couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on outsider Gentiles. But there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues. Heard them praising God. Then Peter said, 
Do I hear any objections to baptizing these friends with water? They have received the Holy Spirit exactly as we did. Hearing no objections, he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them.
Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Lord, we give thanks for the past year and look forward to the year to come. We don't know what lies ahead. But help us to trust in your love and grace as you lead us on our journey. Amen.